All right. If you have your Bible, you've got your phone, your iPad, whatever you use to read the Bible, it's all good. Luke 19, the Palm Sunday story. Uh, you have probably heard this many times, probably annually, some of you, for a long time. Maybe some of you have seen Sunday school children running in, shaking palm branches, the, the whole thing. We're not, not going to do that today. But you've seen it because we know the story. But I want to look at the story a little bit differently today. And we're going to continue looking at this idea that the gospel that we follow is the gospel of and. And there is an and in this Palm Sunday story that is honestly very, very troubling for us. So we've been talking about this idea that the gospel brings things together, right? That we are Christians, not of the either or, but of the and, right? We are people of um, faith and works, right? It's not either or, right? We are people of grace and truth. It's not grace or truth, it's and, right? Last week we talked about how we need to be people of giving and receiving. If we're just uh, giving, we're exhausting ourselves. If we're just getting, we're becoming greedy. We are people of the and, And as we've looked at those things, they have been hopefully very helpful to us because the and brings abundance and and brings togetherness and and brings balance to our lives, all of which are good things. This and that I want to talk about today messes with us and messes with our paradigm of what it means to be human and what it means to try and find God. Today I want to talk about this idea, this truth, that we are both saints and sinners all at the same time. That we are both really, really, really good people And really, really bad people. All at the same time. Now, if it was good or bad, if we were good or bad, then life would be a whole lot easier. Because we have something inside of us, uh, almost like a, a default setting, that measures everything on this good or bad spectrum, right? And if that spectrum were true, if everything were either good or bad, life would be a lot easier to categorize, to fix, to manage, to live. But it gets complicated because we're both good and bad. James, throw throw the line up, right? So we think our default setting is that there is this line, right? And that somewhere we are on this line. If we lived with an either or attitude, this line would be incredibly helpful. It would be incredibly helpful when we were summing people up, right? 
when we were making assessments of people, when we were judging people. Let me just throw out some names and uh, we'll see what end of the spectrum uh, that you think they are. Billy Graham. It's good, right? If it's either or, it's easy. Uh, Oprah. A little harder, maybe a little bit more to the middle, but I mean, she gives away free cars. That's good, right? It's good, probably, probably good a little bit. Um, your mother-in-law. <laughs> Let me just go on record. If she's listening, she would be on the good side of things. Uh, Nicholas Cruz. You know who that is? The Parkland shooter? We hear that name? Bad, right? <laughs> Donald Trump, no, just kidding. (laughs) The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. Probably good. But you know what's interesting about Paul? The older he got in his faith, the more he talked about himself, the more he identified with the bad side of his life. Wretched man that I am. I am the chief of sinners, he said. But if life was about good or bad, this spectrum, this default within us would be incredibly helpful, right? Because we would look at someone and we would say, they're good. I want to hang out with them. I want to give them my time. I I want to be like that person. If good or bad were either or, we'd um, we'd see bad people and we'd keep away and we'd distance ourselves and we'd regulate things against them. If good or bad were the way, the line would be very helpful. This line also kind of leads into our faith a little bit. Because somehow we have developed this theology that is incorrect, that says my place on the line determines where I'm going to spend eternity. Right? And so it follows, if I'm good, I go to heaven. If I'm bad, I don't go to heaven. (laughs) We go to hell. If good or bad was the way life is, life would be a whole lot easier for us, right? This Thursday morning after our Bible study, I was driving out to Lake Mary and making some calls, and I got a message earlier in the morning from a lady I knew about five or six years ago. She was in hospital, and she messaged me on Facebook, haven't seen her for five or six years, and she said, uh, Pastor Andy, uh, I'd love for you to pray for me. I'm in, I'm in hospital, um, just had some surgery, you know, and I've just got some questions. Could we chat? And I got the message about five o'clock in the morning, and you know, I said, let me call you later in the morning. And I got a number, and I'm calling her on the way to Lake Mary. And we, we had a conversation about her sickness. She'd been in hospital for two or three weeks. She's recovering from open-heart surgery, some complications. It was a difficult situation. We talked about that. I tried to care for her a little bit. And she said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She said, all this has made me wonder whether I'm good enough. And she's talking about this heaven and hell. She's talking about the spectrum. She's living in a good or bad paradigm. And she said, do you think I'm good enough that God would accept me? I 
And I paused a little bit. I won't tell you her name, but I used it. And I said, I got to tell you, I don't think you are. And I don't think I am. But I'm not sure that God judges and measures on this same metric that we do. We live in a world of good or bad, right? It affects how we judge people. It affects how we understand our salvation. And that would be fine if we were either good or bad, but we're not. We're good and bad at the same time. And because we're good and bad at the same time, it really, really messes up the spectrum, right? Because where are we? One minute, we're all the way over here and we're heading from he- for, for, for heaven. And the next, we're over here, right? You, you could look at some of our Facebook feeds, right? And you think we're over here, right? You talk to our spouse, we're over here. All in the same day, all in the same situation, right? If it's good or bad, we're good. But it's not. It's good and bad at the same time. And I think, I think we see this very clearly in the Palm Sunday story. It's good and bad. James and I were looking this week for a little intro video about Palm Sunday. And you saw one of the ones we picked. It stops halfway through the story. When we talk about Palm Sunday, all we talk about is the procession, the march into Jerusalem. We only talk about Jesus going halfway down the hill. And the top half of the hill celebrates lots of good people. But the second half of the hill reminds us that we're good and bad. So the part we celebrate every year, you know the story. Jesus has walked all the way from Jericho. It's about 17 miles. He stops at Bethany. It's a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem. And something dramatically changes. He's walked 15 miles. Surely he can walk a couple more, but something changes. He wants to fulfill prophecy that Zechariah had given, but he also wants to announce himself as a king. So he says to a couple of his disciples, hey, the time has come. Let's do this. Would you go and uh, acquire for me a donkey? And I'm sure the people were like, well, what do you mean acquire for me a donkey? How do we do that? And Jesus says, look, I, I got it. This is how you're going to do. Go to the next town across Bethpage. It's a few hundred feet away. You're going to meet a guy there. He's got a donkey that's never been ridden before. Uh, go take it. If he asks why, just tell him the Lord needs it. Crazy request, right? But the disciples say, okay, okay. And they go and they see the donkey. It's a donkey that's never been ridden before because uh, part of what was worthy of such a king was that he would use something that was unused. And they go and the guy says, hey, you're stealing my donkey. A donkey was an expensive possession. He says, okay, the Lord needs it. Okay, then. <laughs> and they take the donkey and they go back to Jesus. That's good, right? Jesus gives some instructions and people faithfully follow. 
You know, as, as humans, we have this bent towards helping people, right? Most people do. Some people don't. Most people do. If you came up to me and asked me for, for $5, I'd say, sure. If you asked for any more, I'd think about it. But, but, but just kind of generally, right? We, we're good. We want to follow instructions. We want to help people. We want to do what's necessary. The disciples here on Palm Sunday, it starts off, they're doing a good thing. They go get the donkey. Jesus mounts the donkey. They start the procession down the mountain. High, Mount of Olives, looking down over, over Jerusalem. And so Jesus starts the, 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 the walk. And we read that all the people take off their cloaks and they throw them in front of the donkey. Now, now the cloaks, uh, they weren't just like jackets or sweaters. These cloaks were a little bit more heavy duty. In fact, people often would, would use them as like sleeping bags slash blankets, right? For some people, this cloak was all they had in terms of home and shelter. So there's something significant going on that these good people are laying down their cloaks before Jesus and they're saying, hey, we're surrendering our security towards you. We're surrendering. That keeps us safe because you as our king are going to keep us safe. That's a good thing to do, right? These people are trusting God. That's a good thing to do. When we trust God, when we say, I can't, but you can, I'm scared, but I trust you, that's a good thing. There's lots of good things happening on Palm Sunday. They're obedient. They're laying down their cloaks. Well, what else are they doing? They're waving the branches, right? And they're shouting, Hosanna. And Hosanna means save us now. God, we want you to save us. We can't do it on our own. You know, I'm more and more convinced that the mess that our world is in right now, we cannot do it on our own. We, we, need, we need God to come and, and save us. I think it's right that in the midst of, 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 of all the problems that our society is facing, that we do all we can to help, but we don't forget in the midst of that, God, it's only you that can save us. That's a good thing. I sing in Hosanna, save us now, save us now. It's good. The other thing about those branches is that those branches, those palm branches, were the, the, the national symbol of Israel. So in some ways, they weren't just waving their branches. They were waving their flags. And they were saying, we want you to be the king of our nation. And God had said a long time ago, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, right? It was a good thing that was happening. And these people on Palm Sunday, there was a lot of good they shouted, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were honoring God. They, they were crying out for peace. Man, how, how we need peace. Jesus said himself, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. If we can go into any situation where there is trouble, where there is conflict, and bring some peace, we're doing a good thing. P peace is a value all on its own. There's, there's a godly peace which we need. Hey, but any kind of peace is good peace, right? We'll, we'll take it. On Palm Sunday, there was lots of good people. And as we look at the crowd that day, it would be easy to say in an all-either-world, these are good people. They're going to heaven. They get it. 
Most of the time, though, we stop the Palm Sunday story right there. But there's another half to it. And that other half involves exactly the same people. Jesus is going down the mountain. The first half, everybody is celebrating. Everybody's getting it right. They're doing good. They're following his instructions. They're worshiping. They say, hey, we need you. We can't do it on our own. It's good. But then something changes when one of the Pharisees asked the question. The question that the Pharisee asked in Luke 19 is, Jesus, you got you to tell these people to quiet down. And Jesus defends the goodness of these people. He says, hey, if they don't praise me, if they don't celebrate, even the rocks are going to cry out. Je- Jesus is celebrating that which is good in these people. But you know what? The Pharisees are right. Because these people were given an impression of being good people. But they weren't living always as good people. They may not have known it, but the Pharisees saw it. And I think Jesus saw it as well. He accepted their praise, he accepted their goodness, but he knew that the line doesn't work. He knew that goodness wasn't what defined these people because he knew that's not why he came. And so from that question, you'll see that something changes in Luke chapter 19. Verse 41, right after he says, if they don't praise, the rocks will burst into cheers. 41, but he came closer to Jerusalem Still on the hill, still going down, possibly still surrounded by all the people, right? And he began to weep. He's going down, everything's good. But Jesus is weeping. Why? Because he knows that everything isn't good. And he knows that we're not either good or bad people. We're good and bad people. And he prays. I don't know if it's under his breath or out loud. He says, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. He's saying, you're talking about peace and that's good, but you just don't get it. He's looking at Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the city. Jerusalem means city of peace. But the city, as he looks at it, he sees all this stuff going on. They don't know peace. They don't know who the prince of peace is. But now it's too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close you from every side. They will crush you to the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not accept your opportunity for salvation. He's talking about this blindness in them. He's talking about how these people are saying one thing, but they're not doing another thing. They're celebrating who he is, but they don't know who it is. They're wanting peace, but they got no idea what peace is. He's saying, yeah, they're good, but 
It's not good or bad. It's good and bad. And he continues walking down, going down a hill on the donkey. And tears are coming because he knows there's evil, there's badness within us. And then he gets to the temple. See what happens here? Same day, same story. Then Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. What he's doing here? He's getting angry at the badness in people. So the deal here is that when you came to the temple, two things you had to do. You had to pay a temple tax, right? And so people would come from all around and they'd come with their own currency and it wasn't the currency that you could pay the temple tax. So you had people outside of the temple, possibly people who've just walked down the mountain with Jesus. It would certainly fit the profile. And they're saying, yeah, we'll, we'll exchange your money, but we need to do it and we'll make a little bit on top. It was extortion. In, in fact, it was, it was religious Extortion, which is the worst kind that there is. The other thing that you needed to go into the temple was that you needed to, to have something to sacrifice. You know, if you were wealthy, you'd bring some cattle, sheep, a bull, or whatever. If you weren't, you'd buy a little dove or some kind of cheap sparrow or something from these guys. Except they weren't cheap sparrows, they were really expensive sparrows. You ever been to the airport and tried to fill up with gas? There's that one gas station just on the left, right? It's like five bucks a gallon. They don't, they don't advertise their prices because they want to extort you, right? <laughs> That's the equivalent of these guys. It's bad. It's selfish. They're twisting religion. They're manipulating people. They're self-centered, they're sinful, they're bad people. Yet, they are the same people who've just done so much good walking down the mountain, right? If it was good or bad, life is a whole lot easier. But unfortunately... The truth about us is that we are good and bad, right? And the reality is sometimes we're good and bad all at the same time. You know that's possible to do? I've done it more times than I care to admit. Maybe I'm doing something good on the outside and it looks pretty and helpful and kind. But on the inside, I'm cursing up a stone because it's the last thing I want to do and it's messing with my selfishness, right? We are people of not good or bad. We're people of good and bad. And because we have this spectrum as a default, that creates a problem because where on earth do we land? How does it work, right? <laughs> if, if we die when we're helping someone, does that mean we go to heaven? But if we die when we've just cursed someone off in the car, does that mean we're going to hell? Is that how it works? If it's good or bad, it's easy. But because it's good, but because we're good and bad, 
this doesn't really work. And so this is the story that I want you to get about Palm Sunday. And this is the story of Easter week. And this is the story of Easter Sunday. That line, I don't know if I can say it. It's a bunch of BS. It doesn't do anything healthy or helpful to us. <coughs> and so, so check what happens here. Check what happens here. Jesus sees the good. He sees the bad. He turns the tables over because he's annoyed. And he says, my temple, my house, my relationship with you needs to be a place of prayer. Translation, my relationship with you needs to be a relationship. Because prayer, what he's saying here, is how we converse. Prayer is to God like talking to a friend is, right? It's what builds the relationship. This system, this is a religious system that Jesus speaks out against. He says, I got no time for religion. Your religion hurts people. It traps people. It limits people. But what I'm interested in is a relationship. Don't turn our relationship into a bunch of things you have to do. To a bunch of sacrifices you got to make or a bunch of money you have to pay. If we're good or bad, maybe that system, system works, but we're not. We're good and bad, and this system is bankrupt. And so Jesus said, hey, forget about the line. Forget about the horizontal line. Let's do it differently. Let's talk about this, this vertical relationship. This doesn't work. But this does. You know, we can do some, some really good things. But before God, I'm sure God smiles and says thanks. He's grateful, but it doesn't change the state of our heart. We can do some really bad things. But that doesn't mean that God writes us off. Because it's not about the scale. It's not about the spectrum. It's about the relationship, right? Let me close with this. <coughs> Everyone was looking for an opportunity to arrest Jesus to get rid of him because the whole world was built around this system and Jesus is saying, hey, this system doesn't work because you're good and you're bad. And so people are trying to kill him. 47, after that, he taught daily in the temple, but the leading priests, the teachers of the religious law, right? This is the religious law, right? That says, where are you? Began planning how to kill him. But they couldn't think of anything 
because all the people hung on every word he said. So this is how relationship works. This is how relationship with God works. We live with this default setting, right? I'm good or bad. What do, what do I have to do? How, how do I shuffle a little bit towards the good side? How do I minimize moving towards the bad side? And when we realize that that doesn't work, what do we do? We got to cling and hang on to the words of love and life that Jesus invites us into, right? We, we can't prove ourselves to God. We can't do enough to earn ourselves before God. All, all we can do is say, God, I, I need you. I got nothing. The harder I try, the worse it gets. And we quit playing this silly religious game. And we say, God, I'm going to need a relationship with you. There was a time in Jesus' ministry where Jesus said, what about you guys? Are you, you going to leave me? And they said, we don't know where else we can go. Because <laughs> if this religious thing doesn't work, which it obviously doesn't because we're both good and bad all at the same time, it's a bankrupt system, where else do we go? You've got the words of eternal life, and so we're going to cling to you. There's another little instance. Jesus tells a story of Pharisee, and the Pharisee said, Oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not like those bad people. And the bad person, the tax collector, just says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know what the tax collector is saying? He's saying, Jesus, I just want to hang on to your words. I just want to hang in relationship with you. Because this religious system, it's bankrupt. But the only way that I'm going to make my life work, the only way that my soul is going to be saved is if I can come into relationship with you. This doesn't work. This works. And here's why. Because life isn't about good or bad. It's about good and bad. And we are both. And so as we wrap up, this is what I want to say. You can spend your life trying to get better. Good luck with that. You can try and spend your life trying to avoid being bad. Good luck with that. You could be lying in a hospital bed and you call me and you say, am I good enough? And I tell you, the great news is you're not. Because it doesn't work like that. And so all we have left is to hang on to Jesus. Why is Jesus one that we can hang on to? We'll celebrate that next week. We hang on to the words of Jesus because Jesus loved us enough that he was prepared to hang on a cross for us. We hang on to the words of Jesus because he was prepared to hang on a cross for us. That's not what religion does. That's what relationship does. 
this doesn't work because we're good and bad all at the same time. And so we need a new system, a system of relationship where we hang on to the one who hung on a cross for us.